What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. Welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me as always is the man who's just a little bit tired of hearing me complain about my indoor Christmas lights, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Yeah, you know, this this year I suppose it's uh, it's a little better because we have technology that we didn't have before. You know, it's always hard when you plug in particular lights that have to go into a plug that's behind a couch or a table. Well, this year I finally managed to engage the Wi-Fi plugins, right? Yeah. You know, we bought them last year and I never figured them out. I finally read the <laughs> little print directions and I figured them out. They were great. But now the lights all come on and shut off together. Yes, they do. And I'll say the first Christmas miracle is that you read the directions at all. I think that is quite incredible because that's not something you tend to do. But with technology, well, you definitely have to have that. The other problem is, though, and I just discovered it last night, I have this beautiful Dickens village that me and the kids spend a whole lot of time putting up and it's got trees surrounding it. Did you happen to notice that the tree in the farthest back corner no longer lights up? That's the problem that I experience now. And it's almost as if uh, God is telling me, you know, don't be too prideful of the things that you do. Well, and it's it could be the dark part of the forest. You know how there's the dark forest? Well, that's the dark part of the whole scene up there. There's no light. Yeah, well, as you come down the stairs, that is the first thing that you see is one of the trees, the big alpine trees that don't light up. We have multiple trees. Now, granted, we have the main tree and then we have little trees, smaller trees, and there's one tree that's just the ornament tree, right? And you put that up yesterday and plugged it into one of my Wi-Fi plugs and it was supposed to work and it worked great. Well, this morning I came down and one of the kids didn't figure it out, went on and off, and so they just unplugged it. And I'm like, wait, what happened? That one is my favorite tree. And I would recommend everybody to have a tree like this in our family room where we spend a lot of time. And that tree is covered with the multitude of homemade ornaments that all of the kids have made for me over the years. I proudly put them all up there. And uh, yeah, it's kind of my favorite time to look at that tree and just kind of have all of those memories. Well, Scott, this week, this is going to be our Christmas episode because next week the station will be closed. It's going to be Christmas Eve and we'll have special programming. So we thought we'd spend a little time talking about Christmas in our preparations for. Now, I do have this Christmas village and they're all of little people and it's a Dickens village and the theme of Scrooge and and that Victorian era. And so I thought for this episode, we'd spend a little bit of time talking about Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future. Because even though all of those things change, there is one thing that always remains, and that is the incarnation. And every year we get to celebrate that, kind of almost renew our spirit in the birth of Christ. And it's just a way for us to just dive deeper once more at the birth of Christ. Yeah, and that... Dickens story, that Christmas Carol. I mean, I, th- I think I remember growing up as a kid watching the 1950s one. Mm-hmm. And it was just so powerful to me as a kid to watch these different eras. And now as an adult, when I look back on that, how profound really that is, that it takes a, a man who is fully within himself to come to a place where he is fully outside of himself, giving to all the 
the people that he truly finds he loves. And that's what our Advent journey leading to Christmas is to prepare for that awareness that we have so much to be grateful for in our family and most especially in our holy family. Well, no special guest today. So when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about Christmas past, Christmas present and Christmas future as seen through the eyes of some of our favorite Christmas shows. So stay with us on this week's View from the Pew. Like they do many other Marian dogmas, Protestants reject Mary as the mother of God because they don't think it's scriptural. But if there's any Marian dogma that's biblical, it's Mary the mother of God. Consider Luke 143, where Elizabeth greets Mary as the mother of my Lord. As any Bible student knows, Lord is the title that the Jews used for Yahweh. But Protestants object that Lord can also be used for an earthly ruler. Although this is true, I think the context suggests the divine usage. The three times the word is used before verse 43, verses 28, 32, and 38, and the three times it's used after verse 43, verses 46, 58, and 68, it's used in reference to Almighty God. So does the Bible teach Mary is the mother of God? You bet it does. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. When Santa Claus wanted a new sleigh for his Christmas deliveries, he was hoping to give his old sleigh to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Unfortunately, we cannot accept reindeer. But if you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you are no longer using, we'd like to hear from you. Donating a vehicle to support great Catholic programs is quick and easy and a likely tax deduction. More information is on the web at materdayradio.com. And if you have any reindeer, you may want to get a hold of Santa. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Day Radio. And welcome back to View from the Pew. Here's our special segment now. We're talking about all things, well, Christmas. We're just a week away, and boy, I cannot wait. And so I thought as we were looking at the Christmas village that's set up in our house, we're going to spend some time kind of being a Scrooge type of Christmas and talking about Christmas past, present, and future. So our first movie that we're going to actually relate to, oh, I don't know who does not love this movie. Oh, there it is. The holy grail of Christmas gifts, the Red Rider 200-shot range model air rifle. Ralphie, what would you like for Christmas? Horrified, I heard myself blurted out. I want an official Red Rider carbon action 200-shot range model air rifle. No, shoot your eye out. A Christmas Story. That's the Christmas past. One of my best friends, he he loves that movie. He watches it faithfully, and he got me into watching that. Just incredible how a movie can catch the mind of community. That one really took a lot of folks and, and reminded them what's valuable. Well, all those scenes that they have with the, the collapse of the turkey because the dogs eat the turkey, they end up together at the end at a Chinese restaurant, loving being together as family. And that's the focus, right? 
It, it certainly is. Now, we have this image almost, uh, you know, just that that Christmas family, the mother and the father, two boys. He's wanting a BB gun, I think it is, Red for Rider. Christmas. That's right, the Red Rider. And I watched this movie, and I love the idea, and my, my parents you know, through that, especially my father, because he can really relate to that time and and kind of remember what Christmas was like. And it does feel, and perhaps maybe we put kind of a rose color on Christmas's past because, well, we long for that. We long for the family. We long for those white Christmases. And of course, all of those funny episodes in between. But when we look at Christmas past too, we also remember wow, where was our faith in the past? You know, that little boy, he wanted that gift. And that's all he could think about was that gift. And that we do get caught up in that this time of year. But the true gift, of course, was being with family. You know, the action that he showed constantly through the movie, which was so comical. If you haven't seen the movie, you you love watching it. He just had such a convicted hope in getting this gift. And that conviction of hope is what we have as people of faith and yet we've directed it as kids towards things but as we grow into our adulthood do we direct redirect that to the the right hope hope in something eternal and so that whole period of of growth from our childhood when we look back we have fond memories because that's a there's a rooting toward into something that we i had hope in i, I remember i wanted the 747 plane so badly. Instead, I got this thing. It was called a whirly bird, and it is this helicopter that just flew around in a circle. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> it's kind of good, but it wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. And I had to, I had to work through that. I remember that very clearly as a as a seven year old. What I what I had hoped for and what I am getting. Well, how much I look back on that and see the reflection of and now I apply that into my life in a totally different way. Certainly I still have hopes and I have things that I desire, but I, I do more so often present it in, to myself, my third person self, that you know your hope should be rooted in and work towards Christ in all that you do. And the season is to be the season of joy. And that's what in that, in that movie, at the end, they come to a place of acceptance that, yeah, everything has fallen apart that we had anticipated, but we have joy and we found joy in each other. And they have a great meal. I just love that scene, that last scene, because how we could see ourselves in a complete collapse at home having to go out to get a meal. And we love Chinese food and they bring out a duck. It replaces the turkey. (laughs) Oh, it's wonderful. Well, if perhaps maybe, you know, in the past this year didn't go quite the way that you thought. Well, now's a good time to just get it back on track and head on forward. All right, Scott. So our next movie to represent Christmas present Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus, you're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. It is that all-time Dr. Seuss favorite, the Grinch. Boy, he's a mean one, that Mr. Grinch. And, and have you ever thought about Dr. Seuss? We grew up as kids reading Dr. Seuss and 
the Grinch is green. Mm-hmm. And it just it just speaks to all things greed, that color, right? Yeah. And he was just about gathering unto himself whatever he could so that everybody else would feel as hopeless and frustrated as he did. Because that's what he really felt, right? Yeah, sure. And we all know that type of person. Almost that the joy of others made him more angry. Right. Because he was so separated from everybody. And boy, 2021, there are more than a few Grinches around. I think we're all kind of feeling like, what is going on? This is supposed to be a joyful time. And all we hear on the news is terrible things. And friends are divided from each other over decisions that we have made. And boy, all we want to do is be able to come together. That's what we can do with this Christmas. Our Christmas present can focus on that one thing that always carries us through. That's the Christ child. And in that in that movie, the one optimistic constant through the whole thing was his dog. Oh. Right? He was so mean to that poor little He's dog. Poor, yeah, but, but that was the optimistic constant. And that's, for us... How do we how do we view our faith as that optimistic constant? The Holy Family is our optimistic constant. We we can't uh, get stuck in in our our suffering to the point where we forget that this is the joyful time. This is the time of the Holy Family of the Christ Child. What does that mean to us as people of faith? And I should have an answer for that to myself first, and then to be able to share that with others. But to myself first, what is my view of Christmas? this year 2021 and i think all of us can really take a moment to to focus on that mm-hmm. and i've heard more people say this you know last year we got through new years we thought 2020 out you go we got a better year ahead and now i've heard it even more 2021 in many ways was harder especially when looking at the pandemic than it was the previous year and people are saying the same thing Time to go 2021. And yet I think it's important to really think about the year. And and there's things to learn, even in our suffering, right? Well, don't we talk about redemptive suffering? There is something for us to know and understand about ourselves in relationship to our faith, in relationship to our family and to those that are around us. There's something to be understood. God would not let us go through these past two years without having some kind of redemption for us, if we would only be willing to open up and try to understand what that is. You know, when I do healing ministry with uh, folks um, in the parish, that's those three components of how do I view myself or how do I image myself? How do I image others and how do I image God? Those are the key foundations of our awareness in the world. And those are the ones that the devil works on to skew. Mm. where we end up looking at ourselves as not worthy, not good enough, not able. And then we look at others as obstructions to our happiness, that they, they, we start judging them, we start desiring what they have. And then we look to God like, where have you been? You've left me. You've forgotten about me. Oh, you're too busy. All of those imaging we can relate to at some point in our life and maybe right now more than ever. But those are all wrong images. Mm-hmm. Those are all absolutely wrong images. And the church, through, uh, through our, our Pope, reminds us that we are created as the image and likeness of God, good. So I need to look at myself as I have a goodness within me. Even though the devil might be coming down on my mind, I need to say to myself, no, I have goodness within me because God created me as that. And the person that frustrates me at the, 
at the uh, grocery store who is, or the, the shopping mall that's getting ahead of me, they have goodness in them and I need to respect that. And then remembering Christ is with us. I will be with you always until the end. Christ makes that promise. If we don't take that promise as truth, then what are we doing as Christians? What are we doing as Catholics? We're merely going through emotions. And so taking that truth and saying, I believe that. I will be with you until the end. Christ is with me now. So that's my image of God. That should be my image of God. Not that God's far away from me. No, God's present to me now. He's present to me through you and through the people listening on this radio station. And as the movie The Grinch kind of comes to its climax, you know, The Grinch went down and he stole all of those gifts thinking that that was what was really going to upset the people and that was what was going to ruin it for all of them. He had a false idea because when the morning happened, the people came together, the star was bright on their tree because Christmas had come. It's almost as if they didn't even notice that their gifts were stolen. And it was through that experience, well, it, it changed the heart of the Grinch. And as simple and as far-fetched as that might seem, we don't know whose lives will be touched, even through our actions, actions that people see us. That is how we change hearts and minds of people, through our actions. It's through our action of love. To be a disciple of Christ means to live in that experience of peace, hope, and joy. Peace, hope, and joy, those gifts that are, are promised to us if we let go and, and allow Christ to enter into our heart. And those, you know, those people around that, that tree, you're right, it, it seems far-fetched, but, but isn't that the witness that in spite of all of the loss, they remain hopeful and joy-filled and at peace about the fact that their community got robbed and he's affected by that. He's changed. I think of St. Therese of Lusso and her constant prayer for uh, the person in, that had been um, set to die because he had, he had murdered mm. uh, people. This was in France. And she prayed and prayed and prayed for him. And he was conformed by that. Well, that's the power that we hold within us, the power of God that is part of our call to share with others. But we first have to realize it, and so oftentimes we get, it gets overshadowed by, by worldly societal issues. Um, let's come back to that. And as disciples, we're called to invite people, even people we don't care for, into community. And so as we move through our show, it is now time to talk about Christmas future. Now, here's what we're going to do here. We actually picked out two current day movies that are kind of juxtaposed against each other. And they're both a couple of, my, at least one is my favorite and the other is definitely our kids' favorite too. Elf and Home Alone. Now, in each one of those cases, they uh, are, are separated from their family. But in the movie Elf, he sets out in hope looking for them. I walked all day and night to find you. Uh, you look like you came from the North Pole. <laughs> That's exactly where I came from. Well, I, are you going to sing a song or something or can I just go back to work? A song? I, I'm, I'm here with my dad, and we never met, and he wants me to sing him a song. <laughs> and um, I was adopted, but you didn't know I was born. So I'm here now. I found you, Daddy. 
And in Home Alone, well, all he wanted to do was wish that his family would go away because they were getting in the way of things. Everyone in this family hates me. Then maybe you should ask Santa for a new family. I don't want a new family. I don't want any family. Just stay up there. I don't want to see you again for the rest of the night. I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life. And I don't want to see anybody else either. I hope you don't mean that. You'd feel pretty sad if you woke up tomorrow morning and you didn't have a family. And yet then he realized, no, I've got to find them. My family is what matters to me. So Elf is such a great story because he's such an innocent person, separated from his family, sets out to New York to try to find his family. Again, all of the themes of these movies, finding our family, finding our family in hope. Home Alone, well, he was just really fed up with his family and all he wanted to do was wish them away. And through all of the circumstances on that big trip, well, he didn't get woken up and he didn't get on the airplane with his family and he his, what he thought was his Christmas wish came true. So he woke up by himself. Boy, that would be a nightmare for me to wake up by myself and not have family near us. And yet, for many people, that is, in fact, a reality. And how do you find comfort, right? How do you find peace if that's the situation? In Home Alone, the, the focus of the family, when they suddenly realize that they're away from the child, as anybody, any family member would would be uh, anxious about how do we get back to them and they, they go back to search them well you know what it reminded me of as in, in reflection of watching that movie it's it's the draw of christ back to the lost sheep mm. the mom is the one leading them the mom leads that as any as any mother would would be drawn to find their child i mean that is there's something there that that resonates within our faith that it's mary who leads who wants to lead us to her son and when we get lost it's mary who tracks us down it's Mary who, who intercedes and, and who we ask for her intercession to, to help us um, in our times of, of struggle. That is great dynamic. And it's, it's set in comedy because I think part of our humanity that we oftentimes take for granted is that we need to be humorous. We need to, we need to have a sense of joy. And, and that sometimes gets lost uh, not only in the times like we're dealing with here with COVID, but even in our faith perspective we can get so uh, disconnected from the joy of our faith. And the faith that we have should bring us joy. And if it's not, how do we connect to that joy? Because again, if we're going through the motions of the faith without understanding the connection to family, which is our parish community, which is our relation to uh, our priest and our bishop, um, then we're, we're missing what it means to be Christian, that it is about the Holy Family and the family, the people of God, and the reach out that we do and representation we are to the world that has yet to know that and to be transformed by that. What's great, too, about the movie Elf, Buddy the Elf, grown man with this childlike heart and (laughs) all of the things around Christmas, around his family, around a meal, it was childlike and it was pure joy. And right, doesn't scripture tell us that come to me, let the children come unto me? You know, that's uh, that's definitely what that that movie reminds me of, too, is just that excitement about Christmas. And so I think that that's the type of excitement that well, we should be kind of finding again, not thinking about all of the plans, but just really resting in yeah, what we have to look forward to being with our family. I think definitely, too, in Christmas future. Yeah, I hope that we're not in the same place next year, not because of COVID, 
but because we've grown deeper in our faith, that we have closed up space between our family members. Again, not for any particular reason, but we get full of our own lives and, and you just get space. I think that happens to more people than just a big argument and stop speaking to each other. So, yeah, so for hopefully for next Christmas, we look forward to it in hope that we'll be different people and, and God willing that we are different people. We are deeper, that we are closer, that we are more in love with our faith, with our church and to each other. And even though this time right now is is going towards uh, a challenge again with with Omicron being present, um, how do we n- take this as a reminder that our tendency to want to go back to the way it was uh, is not what Christ is calling us Mm-mm. to. And the Pope has made that very clear, that we shouldn't be looking to go back to the way it was. We should be looking in the future towards becoming what Christ wants this to be. And so it's it, it just it's almost like as we're as we're this kid going through these struggles and we just think we're coming out like last this past summer and then we're we're back into the the suffering. Well, maybe we need that. So let's let's not just take this as a negative. Let's take this how does Christ want to impact my life and my family's life and my community's life and how can I be a part of that during this season? And that that might mean for me to just sit down and remember the good times of Christmas. What were those good times? And I promise you in those reflections that we'll do with the Holy Spirit in prayer, we'll be reminded of the connection to family that roots us in a reality of what we hope for for eternity, to be with family, to to share in a meal, and to have that sense of I'm home, as Christ promises. I've created a place for you in my Father's house. Scott, will you end us in prayer? Lord, lead us to this Christmas season full of hope that we can root ourselves in family, particularly in the Holy Family. As we reflect, having spent this past year focusing on St. Joseph, we ask for the intercession of St. Joseph and your mother Mary to give us peace in our hearts that trusting in you, we can have a wonderful, hope-filled Christmas that celebrates your coming into the world as the Son, Emmanuel, God with us. We ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that will wrap it up for View from the Pew for this year. We will be back next year, 2022, with more stories about our faith, our family, and our View from the Pew. Have a blessed Christmas and Happy New Year. Then a toast, my love, my dearies, to our Merry Christmas. God bless us. God bless us. God bless us, everyone. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.